Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, gorgeous goddesses, and welcome back to the Cool Mom 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily Kylo, and I'm so, so excited to be bringing you this episode featuring Susan Carlo, the founder of Elevated Self Love. And before we get into all the goodness that is this episode, I want to make sure you guys all know to join the waitlist for my exclusive group coaching program launching this fall. So very, very soon if you're listening to this, when this episode comes out. So Cool Biz Academy is really going to give you the foundation you need, but as well as that, the upgrade that you need in your business to get to those consistent 10K months and forward. And it's really a take what you need. And I have lessons on everything from public relations to social media to um, how to hire people. So really going to go through the gamut of the things you need to set your business up for success and for that next level, which is totally available and waiting for you. So make sure you join the waitlist if you want to get in on this group program launching very soon. And the waitlist link is in the show notes. Okay, so let's get to today's episode. As I mentioned, it's featuring Susan Carlo. And we talk about her journey as a teacher and how she helped create mindfulness programs in the school she was working at, which was so, so interesting to hear about. And I think something that all of our schools could benefit from. We also talk about how she juggles co-parenting and what's worked well for her. So I know there's a lot of co-parents that listen and it's just very common. Um, So I'm really thrilled to be able to touch on this subject again. And we talk about her style of parenting and how radical self-love and being your highest self plays into it. So, you know, I love it. I love the woo mixed with the parenting realness. And this episode was just full of so many great, great tips. And I can't wait for you to listen to it. So as always, if you love this episode, please share with a friend, tag us in social media. We love to see you enjoying it. And it really just makes my day. And if you haven't left a review, please do so. Love you for it. All right, let's get to it. Here's episode 77 featuring Susan Carlo, founder of Elevated Self Love. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Let's jump right on into the mom fashions. Are you ready? Ooh, the mom fashions. Let's do it. (laughs) What's the best part of being a mom? Oh my gosh. The best part of being a mom, I always have just really wanted to do it my way. And so being able to do it my way just feels empowering as fuck. And yeah, I just love connecting with my daughter. She's turning four next month. And yeah, just being able to do it my way and not, you know, 
especially as a single mom and like seeing my mom be a single mom and just like the choices she made. And I remember having so much fear that I was going to like repeat her choices, which I mean, she did them with, with her best intentions, but like I have different intentions. So it feels really good to be able to do it my way and like really trust that all is well. (laughs) Absolutely. Switching gears. What's the hardest lesson you've learned so far as a mom? Oh my gosh. The hardest lesson I've learned is holding space for your kid when you're also going through something, Mm. Um, especially with just like, she goes back and forth between her dad's house and my house. and, And sometimes I'm just like going through stuff. And sometimes I'm going through stuff with her dad and just like working through things but like she obviously has a different perspective and she doesn't know the things that I'm dealing with. So really just like, it's not even like compartmentalizing, holding space for her and for myself, but it's like how to be able to do both of those things and have, I mean, I'm all about self-love. So like ultimately having compassion and grace for myself first above all. And then within that, being able to do that for her too and give her what she needs is just, it's been a challenge, um, but it's, it's been a huge growth area and it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. No, I I can see that there's unique challenges when you're, and we're going to talk about this, but there's unique challenges when you're co-parenting too. I mean, that, that does provide different, yeah, different things that you maybe didn't think you'd have to deal with in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. we're going to get into that because I'm really curious to hear your perspective. Cool. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? Well, I mean, as we were just talking about before, today's been like a really big manifestation day. And and the thing is, it's like, I'm uh, we're always manifesting. We're constantly manifesting. It's It happens in the way we talk to ourselves and the way we talk with other people. It happens in just like the energy that we choose to cultivate for ourselves. And so there's just some things that I've been calling into my life for a long time. And like, today, a lot of things were coming in. So I'm just really grateful for the rituals and practices and that the the things that I do that bring me back to my center and, and help me like visualize what I want in my life and what I really want to cultivate and see in the physical form in my life. And so like when you just have those days when like, it's like, oh my God, this has been written in my journal for a year now and it just fucking happened. It's like, yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. To me, it's like those, those moments of alchemy of all the things that you do daily or weekly and, you know, the writing it in your journal and just that magic when it comes together sometimes, it's just like, you have to love the in-betweens too, I think. And keep yeah, going. Totally. That was a message I had today where it was like, if anyone needs to hear this, like just keep going because it doesn't feel necessarily like it's happening all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then it does. And you're like, yes. <laughs> this yes. Is Sometimes you can forget to just have that trust and faith that you've put your order into the universe and like it is happening and you might feel like impatient, but ultimately you just have to get back to that trust and faith and know that it's happening. Yes, absolutely. So what is your daily ritual as a busy mama with a business? 
Yeah. So like it really solidified. I've always known that having a morning routine is really important, but I really let the excuse of I have a baby and I'm doing this all by myself. I really let that for a while take me away from having a morning routine. But in the beginning of COVID last year, you know, I think we all can relate to the fact of just like losing our shit a little bit and just like finding our footing. And at that time, I'm like, I need to get into a morning routine. I need to commit to that. And so around that time, I that's actually, and we met through Gala Darlings, the Vortex. And so I really got into the the magical morning practice where it's like the first thing you do is you talk about what you're grateful for. And then you talk about the things that you're manifesting today. You talk about them in the past tense and then the things that you're manifesting in the future. And I really like to do like a, here's what I see in three months. Here's what I see in six months. Here's what I see in one year, just to kind of really give myself that vision. And so, yeah, I've had, I, I mostly do it by myself, but every once in a while I'll have like a magical morning partner and we'll just like exchange our, our, so I write it all down in my journal, but then I also voice record it into my phone. And, and so like, I'll share that with my magical morning partner and that's super fun. But yeah, that's been a daily ritual that keeps me going. And sometimes I don't have time to do it in the morning. If I'm like making peanut butter and jelly and bringing my daughter to school, then I'll do it, you know, in the evening when she goes to our dad's house and I'm out on a walk, I'll just like do it then. So I just like get it in at some point and it just mm, really grounds me. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I love that point about making it a bit flexible. So I think as moms, there can be a tendency to, yeah, make a lot more excuses. I'm sorry for calling people out. Something I just posted was the idea, decide it gets to be easy for you. And I think I was such a victim in the beginning and I still, I'm not perfect at it, but I still sometimes are like, well, it's harder for me because I'm a mom. And it's like, no, you can still decide that it gets to be easy for you. It might look a little different, but you can, right? And I think it's important that you mention that, that sometimes you do it at night. Like, that's okay. Sometimes yeah. maybe your rituals, for me anyway, sometimes my ritual is like one minute, <laughs> you know, like you do yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Totally. Yeah. Just that grace and compassion again. Yeah, absolutely. Get it in when you can. Yes. So yeah. what is your, this is a kind of deep question. What is your why for your life? So what I gets you excited it. about your life and the things you're doing in your business and supporting your daughter and yeah. manifesting? What's your why? Yeah. My why is really personally being authentic and loving myself exactly where I am, accepting myself, accepting, you know, where I am right now in this moment, loving who I've been, loving where I'm going. And so within that for myself is just like my mission is to embody that and then to share that with other women and to guide women to realize that themselves, because like you were just saying, it's like, we can say, Oh, I'm a mom or, Oh, I have this, or I have that or whatever. And like, we just give ourselves these limiting beliefs. And, and I held on, I had my own limiting beliefs for so long and there still are things, you know, once you uncover one, there's always another one there, (laughs) but just like, 
I, I'm, I do the work. I'm into doing the work. And for so many years, I was like, what does that mean, doing the work? And so I've kind of just like made that my mission, doing the work, unraveling all of the, the chains that have just kept me back from doing the things that I want. And yeah, just being authentically me and then sharing that gift and giving other people the permission to do that for themselves too. That's my why. Mm, that is beautiful. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to get started with kind of situating everyone if they don't know you yet and chatting a little bit about your background and where you grew up and how your early life was. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I'm from New York. I'm from way upstate New York, really close to the Canadian border. So I grew up going to Montreal a lot. That's where my mom is from and her family. And one of my favorite things to do growing up in the summer, my parents had a boat. And so every year we would go on this boat trip and it was almost like having a camper, but on the water. And we would just like travel to all these different places and like between Canada and the States. And that was just one of my favorite things to do growing up. And it's so funny because as I, you know, was a teenager, I was really into like being a vegetarian and really curious about yoga, but nobody in my community was doing those things. And like being from the East coast, those were, I'm doing air quotes here, like new agey, like that's the way I would say, like those are new agey things. And then, you know, I went to college out there and I moved to New York city for five years and I ended up getting married and we moved to California together. And once you're in California, once you're on the West coast, it's like, that's no longer new agey. That's just kind of the way things are. And so it really was like so interesting to me once I turned 30 and I'm 40 now, but once I turned 30, I really just started like saying yes to the things that I wanted to do. Like when I was 15, I would have loved to become a yoga teacher, but my mom was like, become a teacher, you know, become a physical therapist, like do all these things that really she, she would have liked to do. And so she wanted that for me. So I did. I ended up becoming a teacher and that was my career for like 15 years. But ultimately I spent the last 10 years just like getting out of it, <laughs> getting, you know, getting my yoga teacher certification. And that's really how I got into teaching about self-love because it's like, there's so much you can do through yoga and yoga has been really healing for me, but it goes deeper. And I mean, yoga itself can, it's different things for different people. It can be kind of like an addiction in some ways, like, like a more physical thing. But for me, I'm really into the more spiritual part of it and the way that we can use yoga to help the body release emotions and help uncover um, trauma and just like release trauma that's been stored in the body. And yeah. So yeah, I love that in my thirties, I started doing really what my heart wanted me to do back when I was a teenager, but I just was being the good girl doing what my mom said. <laughs> totally. It's so interesting though. Cause of course it's, you know, you look back and it's hindsight. It's easy to be like, well, that's okay. what I wanted. And I think though, when you're a teenager, you, you haven't developed certain things. And I think one of them is you haven't developed that intuition in the way of you'll say yes to it. And that yeah. gut instinct, even though I remember feeling it, I remember feeling it sometimes yeah. and being like, 
ooh, this is a fuck no for me, but I still put myself in that situation. Or, you know, this is what I really want to do, but I was kind of worried how it would look or was it, was it, was it really the right thing? And I think for me, similarly to you, once I got, and it really was more in my like thirties, I'm 30, just turned 34. And it really was up until 28, 29, where I finally feel like I started to say yes to the things, like you said, like I always wanted to do and started really listening when my intuition was like, maybe go this way. So Um, I think it's, it's just that human experience. And I'm in awe when there are people, you know, when you do see teenagers who really do follow it, I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, how do you know how to do it? Right. But I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're doing it. And there's, I, I, when I see somebody like that, I'm like, you know, what is their mom or their grandma like teaching them? What messages are they getting that it's like, it's okay. It's safe for you to trust that within you. And yeah, so we, and then we get to do that for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's super cool though, that you started out your career as a teacher Mm -hmm. and then to me though, you still are a teacher, which is kind of interesting. And I've thought about that myself too, because I'll just share quickly, both my parents were teachers. So it was a very, I think they really did want one of their children to become a teacher. Mm -hmm. And they always, and there's four of us. So you'd think like maybe one. And the funny thing is we all probably could have been good teachers. Like I think we all have some of that in us. But I think they really would have wished one of us became a teacher. I was always a fuck no. I'm like, no, there's no way I'm doing that. Because for me, I saw, you know, certain struggles. And frankly, I always wanted more money. I, I even, even from a young age, I was like, yeah, but there's a cap. Like, yeah, how much you make. And that's kind of it. Um, so for me, it was always kind of a hard no. But the interesting thing, which I just put put together when someone interviewed me, they were like, oh, you know, your, your name is like Cool Mom 101. And I started it as the podcast. So it didn't start with my coaching business. It started with the podcast. And she was like, did you always know you would be teaching women? Because, you know, 101, it's kind of the play yeah. on school. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, mind blown. I didn't even yeah. put that together. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Your subconscious <laughs> is like, get that 101 in there. Yeah, you know. So I love that you transitioned though from one type of teacher into kind of another. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how that transition happened. Was it kind of gradual? It sounds like you always knew you wanted to do something, but really how was your business born and how do you transition from being a teacher to your business now? Mm, I love that question. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So when I, I started off as a classroom teacher and in my ninth, my ninth year of teaching was a shit show. It was just, it was so challenging. And that year I, I said, I always kind of knew that I wasn't going to be one of those teachers who like retired and got all you know, not the kind of teacher who wore like, I'm a second grade teacher shirt. Like that has never been me. And so I always knew that there was going to be something else, but I never knew exactly what it was going to be. And so I had that ninth year of teaching that was just like a shit show. (laughs) And in that year, a new program came to school. It's called, it was about positive behavior. And we, I had never in my nine years of teaching had like a structure 
of how to reward kids for the good things. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that was developing at my school and I latched onto it and I started only seeing the good stuff. And I also was really listening to a lot of Wayne Dyer at the time. Mm. I think you made a Wayne Dyer post the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was listening to a lot of Wayne Dyer and just like seeing the things I wanted to see. And so at that time, I started making a plan to somehow transition to part-time, like keep my foot in the door, but what can I do part-time? So I did one more year. It was my 10th year of teaching and I had the dream team. I had 24 kids in my class and it was awesome. We were like the best community ever. And, And I'm like, I'm going out on this high note. And at the same time, there was an opportunity to be the, that positive behavior teacher for my whole school and do that just three days a week. So I asked my principal if I could do it, and she said yes. So I transitioned to three days a week, and so I was the positive behavior teacher for the last my last four years of teaching. And what I would do is go into every single classroom, and we would talk about emotions and problem solving and all these – So it's basically the social emotional teacher. So all of a sudden in these last few years, there's been more money in public schools for social emotional stuff. And I just latched onto it. At that point I had gotten my yoga teacher certification. So I knew a lot of breathwork techniques and just a lot of even stretches or I could read people's energy and know like if kids needed a break or if they needed to move their bodies, I could really start seeing that and really supporting them in a whole different way way. And so I just like really let myself shine a little bit and started just like teaching them breath work and doing yoga as like a special activity kids could do. Or if there was some kids that, you know, were having a really hard time in class, just like teaching them somatic awareness and like, what's your body telling you right now? And what do you need right now? And and how can we help you feel safe? Um, and so that was really a beautiful thing. And then this last year when we were in COVID times and school was pretty much online most of the time, I checked in with the teachers at my school and like, what do your kids need right now? And they needed confidence and to trust themselves and to feel connected. And so I was like, well, the best way I know to do that is tapping. And so I actually taught my school of 500 kids and the teachers tapping. Like I just, I'm like, we're doing tapping for the whole rest of the school year. So, and my principal was on board with that too. Cause you know, I knew that the teachers was going to think I was fucking nuts because <laughs> we might be in Northern California, but it's not as like green and crunchy as I think a lot of people think it is. It's pretty divided. There's right a left and a right. And, but I'm like, we're tapping. And repeat after me, I love myself. I accept myself. So I taught this to 500 kids. And and then I decided, you know what? I'm out. I'm taking this opportunity. I'm letting this be my legacy as a teacher. And I'm out and I'm going to become a self-love coach now. So that's kind of like the long little story of how I got here. (laughs) I absolutely love that. And I knew a little, I knew bits and pieces of that, but I loved hearing it all together because what is so fucking cool is that even within the realm of teaching, you found a way 
to make it yours. Yeah. And I feel like you manifested that job that was like three yes. days a week doing only the things you want. Yeah. And you know, this is something that it's been coming up a lot for me with just like some followers and just some other friends. This idea, I think it's glamorized in entrepreneurship that you just fucking quit your job one day and then you're making all this money. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to happen that way. And I love this story because it can be, I think, this beautiful, like gradual unfolding to the point where it made sense for you and you felt right. Like that was the time. Yeah. So I think we need to uh, popularize the idea of creating a space at your job, whether it's like, a corporate job. And even I have done this before where I was like, okay, I want to learn more about, I don't know, hosting. So then offer that to, to your job. Like say, can I do this while you're there? Maybe yeah. while you're building this other thing on, on the side. And I think it's so important. And your story is incredible at highlighting that because you can find ways to put your mark on things and to, I mean, that's great experience for you too, though, in your business, even though as yeah. kids, you now know, I mean, kids can be really challenging to teach. And now you know right. how to do that, which is really yeah. fucking cool. So yeah. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Mm. Something I really wanted to talk to you about as well, switching gears here a little bit, was co-parenting because, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know what the rate is now, but I think it's still around 50% of people get divorced and a lot of those people have children. So mm. I think it's really important to talk about uh, yeah. co-parenting. And mm. I'd love to hear from you, what does co-parenting look like maybe now? How does that go? And maybe how has the journey been? And what have, what have some of the bumps been along the way? Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. I love that. So uh, it, yeah, it's a whole thing. And I also just want to say, like, I know that even families who are still together and living under the same household, like it's also co-parenting and there's also a lot of bumps in the road. And so I really just want to honor like everybody's journey, no matter where you are. But yeah, there's something special about when you're doing it from two households. And, you know, I mentioned my mom before. So like my parents couldn't be in the same room together until I was 18. And I'm like, can my dad just come to my birthday party? Like he lived 10 minutes from me, but because of their relationship, you know, I didn't really know my dad until I became an adult. And I'm like, okay, let's like have a relationship now. And so for me, it was really important for my daughter's father to be in her life, of course. And I'm so grateful that he wants to. And, and you know, I hear from people that that's something that not, it is not 100% common. And so I'm really grateful for that. And so we've just kind of eased into it. You know, it's one of those things where I know a lot of dads, like when they leave the house with their kid for the first time, it's like so overwhelming. And that might be just like one <laughs> trip to the grocery store or something. But like moms have always just, we know to bring this, that, and the other thing. We've got everything that we need and we just go and do the thing. So it really started out with like, okay, you'll, and actually our co-parenting started, we were still living in the same house but not together. And so she started just having like one night with her dad and one night with me. And that was a whole thing. You know, if you're like nursing and it's just like a whole thing, she mm -hmm. was one year old. And so now we've gradually built it up. So she's with her dad three days a week now or three nights a week. And it's been a priority for me to keep the peace and really just focus on her 
because he and I have a lot of different values. And mm-hmm. like you said before, 2020 vision is everything. It's like I would do so many things differently, but it was part of my soul curriculum. It was part of my journey. And so I'm all about keeping the peace. And um, I don't know if you watch Red Table Talk at all um, with Will and with Jada Pinkett yeah. Smith. And she interviewed Will one time and he was saying like, she's always let him be the father that he needs to be. Right. And that really resonated with me because that's, it's like, that was important for me to like, just let her dad be who he is, even though he does things differently than me. That's part of, that's part of who she is too. And so really just honoring that. And, you know, even recently there's something that I wanted from him and he didn't want to do it. And some people are like, take him to court and, (laughs) you know, do this whole thing. And do you have a lawyer and all this? And it's like, that's not me. That's not him. That's not the energy that I want to bring into our life. And so, like I was saying before, like focusing on the positive, focusing on the gratitude, focusing on what do we have. And then, you know, it, it gives, it just gives me opportunities to expand myself and grow. And one of the major bumps along the way was he moved in with a partner and she had a daughter and my daughter was saying, I have a sister now. And like, I, you know, it it came as a surprise to me and it all happened like in the beginning of COVID and everything. And so that was just like the time when I really had to hold space for her while I was going through it. And And, you know, six months later or a year later, like they're not living together anymore. They're not sisters anymore. And so that was just like a whole thing to deal with. But you know what? I ended up creating some amazing content about cord cutting. So whenever people are in my program, they get my workbook on cord cutting. And, you know, it's just that challenge has fueled me and has helped me and has helped you know, dozens of other women yeah. going through whatever relationship you're cutting the cord from or, or just changing the nature of the relationship because it's not like we're not going to be together. It's not like we're not going to have a relationship anymore. It's just our relationship has changed and just cutting some of those emotional ties that were still present and letting new ties form Mm -hmm. to strengthen our relationship and just support our daughter who we both love. And she was created in love and we just want to give her that and we do it in our own way. Wow. Though it sounds like you, I mean, all things considered are, it sounds like you're doing an incredible job together of, like you said, keeping her at the forefront. And I just, though, want to acknowledge how challenging that must have been um, because I feel like to me the hardest thing when I hear people talk about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, introducing them to a new person because frankly, it might not last. And that would be the hardest part for me because you want to be supportive of your ex-partner, right? And at the end of the day, you want them to have love, I think. Like you do and I would too. But when, when the children are also involved, they don't have the same, you know, mindset that we might have. They don't have the same skills to cope with. 
um, to go through a breakup essentially. Right. And so that, oh, that must've been really challenging because you just, you don't want her to be hurt in all of that. Right. Right. Yeah. And kids form bonds so easily. If all of a sudden there's somebody new in your life and they love them and now you're doing things and, um, you know, doing things as like this new little family unit. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's a thing. And yeah, just being able to breathe through it and be patient and not rush anything and just holding space for all parties involved. And yeah, it's, something to work through, but it's just, again, part of our soul curriculum and, and we get lessons from it and really it enriches our daughters, our, you know, our kids' lives. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And she'll learn different things through that. And, you know, you, I think too, as the way I see you two co-parenting, she'll learn lessons from that too, right? In that even if she might have a partner in the future and it doesn't work out, like these are the ways you can still be a family and still yeah. have love there. Like you were talking about cutting the cord on the certain part of the relationship, but you yeah. can still have that kind of respect and love for one another, which yeah. is, I think, really, really important to be modeled. So that is really, really cool that you're showing her that. Yes. Thank you. Another thing I really was curious to hear your perspective on is this idea of radical self-love in relation to parenting. So I'd love to hear from you kind of how that shows up in your parenting and mm -hmm. how you're able to parent from kind of your higher level self and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, the one example that comes right into my head one day is um, that comes right into my head where I really modeled this for her was like, we were going somewhere and it was kind of you know, one of the first like, oh, everybody's back out and we're not wearing masks and we're going to see a bunch of people today. And I was just like having some big feelings around that and, you know, feeling sweaty and who are we going to see? And, and so I just like, I was like, you know what, we're in the car, you're all buckled up in your car seat, but I need to, I need to like help my energy right now. And so she just watched me tapping and she watched me saying, like, even though I'm feeling this way, I love myself, I accept myself, I trust myself, I forgive myself. So that is just like part of the fabric of our lives. And so that's just become something that it's like, oh, you're learning how to ride your bike with no training wheels. Let's just build up your confidence a little bit before we get started and do some tapping on that. And like, I've got this. And so that's been, I don't remember exactly what the words to your question were, but that's been like how I've built, you know, one way that I built that radical self-love in and like something that's been coming up is, is there's a couple of movies that we like to watch. One of my favorite movies to watch is, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this Troop Beverly Hills and um, it's from the eighties or like early. I 90s. haven't. I I'm watched it, when watch I it. Did. it was one of my favorites. And, and like they say, stu like one kid in the movie says stupid. And so she's been playing with this word stupid and it's not something that we ever would say in my house, but like sometimes she'll say, I'm so stupid and it breaks my heart. And so I actually just like talked with her, her Waldorf preschool teacher about it, who is in, like, I reach out to my network. That's the other thing is like, I remember somebody telling me on my, when I was first a single mom, she's like, being a single mom was one of, you know, the best times of my life because I made all the decisions myself and I had my three babies and it was just like awesome. And she said, but the thing I want you to remember is to 
use your support system. And so I use my support system, like asking my daughter's teacher, like, what would you do if your daughter was doing this? And she's really into um, the Rye method. I can't remember what it stands for, but like respectful parenting. And her advice was to say, like, well, I think you're smart enough. I think you're smart enough for the both of us. Or every once in a while, my daughter will be like, I don't love myself. And it breaks my heart. But like, okay, well, I love you enough for the both of us. And just kind of holding, you know, holding that standard in our household and just knowing that that's a place that you can always come back to. It's like, you might not feel like you have that right now, but I got it for you. Like I'm your mom. You can count on me. We got this. So yeah, modeling it and just always coming back to like respecting yourself no matter what. And if you're not feeling it, for yourself that day, knowing that you've got people around you who believe in you, who, you know, know, who trust that you can do it, who, who see, you know, the bigger picture and not just like whatever emotion that you're struggling with at that moment. Mm -hmm. I love that though. That's really, really beautiful. And I'm so just so happy to hear, I think as, especially as a, as a mom, but as just a woman in general, I think we all need to have more of that in our lives. And growing up, I just, it, it almost made me emotional because like if I had, like how would your life be different? And this isn't to throw shade at our parents at all, <laughs> but how would your life be different if any time that I had said something bad about myself, my mom had really just jumped in and held yeah. that space yeah. for me and yeah. kind of just showed me how to, how to pivot and how to course correct it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's really, really beautiful and I'm so happy to hear that. And it's definitely something I want to incorporate with my son too. Yeah. And how old is he? Three? He's two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. He's so cute. <laughs> He's so cute. I'm very chatty. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting that when they can start talking, like I've really enjoyed that. It's, yeah. I like it more and more personally. Um, I did not thrive in the newborn phase. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, I hated it basically. Um, yeah, I really didn't like it. I, I, I did very terribly with sleep deprivation. Mm. Um, I, I, looking back, I definitely had some level of postpartum anxiety and depression, but pretended I didn't or didn't really know what to do. So I think, yeah, I just, I really struggled. And once I hit around, around the one year mark, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. Yeah. And then now I like it more and more. There's different challenges. And right now the challenge is like the boundary pushing. And sometimes it like, it kind of breaks me a little bit. I'm just like, oh my God, just stop. (laughs) You know, like it's, and then, then you start to think like, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Like, I think as parents, you're like, what is it that I'm doing wrong that's creating this behavior? But what I've learned, learning, I should say, is some of the behavior is just naturally what's going to happen as they start to develop. So it's actually like developmentally good, but it's hard as a parent. (laughs) Yes. But just knowing that it's like, that's what they do is they test boundaries or they say like, can I say I'm stupid? Like, what is my mom going to do? Or can I like hit? 
what is my mom going to do? Like, that's how, that's actually how they learn. Yeah. It's so, so handy to know that. (laughs) Totally. Or like in my case, can I throw rocks? Like that's his thing. I'm like, I don't know. Let me see. (laughs) Yeah. I might need to like try like 10 or 11 times and find out. (laughs) Still a no, a no, a no, a no. Yeah. The boundaries is very interesting. Yes. (laughs) But I think good to learn these things now as parents, because when they're teenagers, I'm sure they'll need some strong boundaries. It's going to come back around. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into the lightning round, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Susan, for the incredible work that you've done and all these lives that you've touched and these children who their lives you certainly have enriched and all the women that you're helping now through your work with self-love. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. My Mm -hmm. pleasure. What is your current favorite book or podcast, Instagram account, anything like that for inspiration? Yeah. Um, I have it right here. The A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Natalia Benson and Mimi Boyer, I saw them both recommend it in the same week. And this has just really helped me. Um, you know, it's about like quantum levels and it, it's just like a whole nother dimension. And yeah, Happy Pocket Full of Money. Love it, love it, love it. It's so funny because this keeps coming up for me. This is like the fourth person. Oh, it's good. on my list. Yeah. Do I it. read a lot. I read almost a book a week. Like close to. Yeah. So that's why I partly selfishly asked this question for myself. (laughs) What's your morning beverage of choice? Celery juice. Mm, Delish. Yep. And I know we just talked before the show that you have started trying a little iced oat milk matcha latte, which is a vibe. Yeah. It's a vibe for sure. And I also just like water with lemon in it too. Mm, water with lemon is so good. But also for me, just feels like that right amount of elevated. You know, it's like it's yeah. so much better than regular water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite thing to do with your child free time? My favorite thing to do with my child free time, I just, I love to move my body. So whether it's yoga or a walk around the neighborhood and just like listening to the sounds. Yeah. Mm. Exercising, moving, just being. So good. Yeah. Favorite place you've traveled? Oh my goodness. I loved traveling to Japan. That was awesome. And I love Santa Barbara, which is in California. But also, um, like I was telling you before, just like growing up in upstate New York and being on the boat. And that was just so fun too. I love being on the water. Cancer season. Yeah. Just love water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm such a water baby. Like I, even when I travel, the cities I love the most are all by the ocean. Like yeah. I, even still, like even traveling, I'm, I, I need it. I'm like, where's yeah. the ocean? Yeah. Where are you? It helps. I feel like it grounds me. Yeah. Earth is really grounding for a lot of people, but I feel like the water, like the, the sea I find very grounding. Like it yes. says the same thing, goes in and out, just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah. it. So last question we're going to end with, and I know it's something you're passionate about as well. So I'd love to hear from you. What does confidence mean? Confidence is just like that. I fucking got this really trusting yourself and, and really like you mentioned before that intuition, like knowing your inner vision and being like, I'm just going to align 
all my stuff to that inner vision. And that's really what confidence is to me. It's just like knowing and trusting it and just going for it. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Where mm. can everyone find you? Where is the best place to get in touch with you? Yeah, come on to Instagram. It's elevated self and then a little dot love. So elevated self dot love and you can get links to everything there. And yeah, you'll see me there. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Susan. This has been incredible. Yay. Thanks, Emily. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.